Shea interviews are highly underrated, but yet can provide so much insight to your employees and so much data. It's almost like a secret weapon or secret tool that companies just don't take advantage of. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. Good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to We're Only Human. I'm so glad you're here with us today and looking forward to an amazing conversation. We're gonna dive into career development. We're gonna talk about how to make that a practical part of how we're serving and take care of the workforce right now. And as I was telling our guests before we started recording, this is a passion area for me because I've seen so many companies do it in all different ways. And so every time I hear one of these stories, it becomes another thing to file away in my mind of how we can solve for this. There's not one. And so this will be a ton of fun to get another example of that in today's conversation. We're going to talk with Amanda. She's the global head of HR at Montway Auto Transport. We're going to get into the stuff. So Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Before we get into the fun stuff, would you take a minute and tell the audience a little more about who you are and what you do, please? Yes, I am Amanda Turbyville. And as Ben mentioned, I'm global head of HR at Montway auto transport. I've been there for about seven. It's been a wild ride. They've had tremendous growth, which is great. My background though, where I come from, believe it or not, I have a interior design background and HR naturally fell in my lap. And I say that with a grain of salt, right? Like, how does it naturally fall in your <laughs> Um, not sure, but it did. And so I've been doing um, HR for over 10 years now. So and it, it's been a very interesting experience. Well, it's, I think everybody assumes that you go f- from that natural step of interior design to HR. That, that yeah, that I mean, well, me, you know. what other opportunity are there to do that? <laughs> it's funny because this is, everybody talks like HR is so unique that we all have this weird, very background, but it's all over the place. And again, we'll probably talk about some of that today in the conversation, but it's one of my best friends in the HR world for the last 20 years where she retired was a journalist that got into HR. So there's not one path just because no. some, some of us got into it for, because we wanted to, because we're hyper nerds doesn't mean that's the, the right way or the best way. It's just another way. So right. um, goodness gracious. Okay. So as I teased up in the audience for the audience, at the very beginning here, career development is a priority for you and the team there. And so I'd love to hear from you what that means at Montway. I'd love to hear from you what that means within the context of your organization and for your people. And then we'll talk about if it's a bigger focus, we'll talk about all the other stuff from that, but this is going to set us up as a foundation. So talk about what that means when you say career development. Career development is a loaded thing, to your point. Career development means different depending on the person you're talking to, even the generation that you're talking to. We're finding, and you can see a lot of data and research, you're finding the younger generation wants more career path. They want concrete goals. They want to take learning and development from a company and be able to place it elsewhere versus taking that training that a company provides currently, not all, a lot of revamping, but instead of taking that training the company currently has to better their career in the company. So they want to take this 
and grow with it. And they want a company that supports their career path. So maybe this person is here temporarily for five years, but they know they want to be in the logistics company or logistics realm. They're not sure where they want to go in logistics, but they want to explore those opportunities and where they want to be. They want to be able to do that and focus on that as well. One of the things we see in our research is that you mentioned the, the age breakdown here. We see that the younger you are, the more you are likely to say the company needs to have some responsibility for this because they, mm -hmm. they don't know yet what they don't know. But mm -hmm. the people who have been in the space for a longer time, more senior workers, are more likely to say this burdens on me a little bit more to figure out what my next step is or what my career development needs to look like. And so the, the data actually really back up what you're saying here and I guess how they feel about it or how they feel like they have ownership over it. What are you doing to help them actually get a sense of that ownership in this or for those younger workers who are trying to figure it out? Is it, okay, here's what's training. Good luck figuring that out. Or is it, here's some career paths for you to, to look at. Here's you know some opportunities for you to grow into. Here's some examples of people who have done this internally. What does that look like? Because it's, again, what are the kind of the, the, the fundamental details of that? Sure. So in short, we're allowing employees to choose their own career path. And what that means is we took, we did an overhaul. It was a very long project for us to do. And I recently just did it with my HR team. We looked at an internal structure and how it is for training, right? We have the standard training. You come in our company, you go on a week of training, and this is what you have. Where we started listening to employees, doing stay interviews, start taking the feedback, and we're starting to realize we need to do more. We need to do more. So what we did is we started looking into platforms and opportunities that range anywhere from mentorships. So the older generation can mentor the younger generation or coaching opportunities or going into groups and discussing opportunities with like-minded individuals on demand, you name it we wanted to offer it to the employees and not only and it's all levels of the employees not just executives not just entry level it's all levels of employees and then we wanted to focus also to how we for the more executive team or the more um tenured individuals what can we do to actually what they're looking for so then there's also executive training right how the executive team to work better for the employees and executive coaching so we've looked at all aspects and we're actually in the process of rolling um, some of this out and we're super excited about it. So I'll translate that for some of the audience they heard, how are you solving this? Anarchy and chaos. We're giving people control <laughs> over these things, right? We're here, here's the keys, <laughs> bring it back with a full tank. Yeah. And I, I understand how it can sound like that, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you said you were actually listening to the things they're asking you. So let's back up just a step because you talked about state yeah. interviews and I still talk to that's, that's common lingo for us, but I still talk to some leaders that are like, Oh, What's this thing, a stay interview? So would you give us yeah. a little grounding on what that is? Sure. Stay interviews are highly underrated, but yeah, can provide so insight, so much insight to your employees and so much data. It's almost like a secret weapon or secret tool to your point that uh, companies just don't take advantage of. We have, we ask more of the simple questions of what makes you stay with the company? Then we also ask the what do you look for in your next opportunity? Then we like to ask more personal questions or more questions that pertain to them about goals, what they're looking for. What would you like to, what would you like to see or positions you would like to see that in the companies that you feel would be beneficial to you? Or where would you like to be or what position that you would like to be moving forward if you stay with the company? So we're listening to what they're saying, right? Per employee. So if we're sitting with 
each employee and we're listening to what they're saying and what their career objectives or goals are. In some cases, obviously in the company, we can develop a career path for them in the company and say, hey, this is what we have, this is what's going on. Or if we don't have that career path, hey, we could start building it. How big is your organization, by the way? Uh, we have roughly about 400 people okay. across so, uh, globally, I should say. Yeah, it's okay. I was going to say, I'm, I'm trying to picture some of these things in my head, the, the, the applications of this. Are you familiar with the idea of a pre-mortem analysis? Yes. Okay. Yes. We just did, we just did one of those. Yes. I'm going to give it to the audience really quickly because it, it, mm -hmm. I've never thought about this, but a state interview is like a pre-mortem almost. So a pre yes. everybody knows what a post-mortem is, like what killed the patient, how they die. Mm -hmm. But a pre-mortem is what may make this thing fail. And so from a project perspective, you can do that when you're implementing a new HR system. Like let's run this off the rails. How can we plan for that and mitigate the risk before we start? And I've never thought about it, but a stay interview is like a pre-mortem. It's a, what could cause you to leave and what can we do to hopefully intervene or change that destination, change that outcome somehow. And so as you talk through, there's lots of ways to do it. And I thought you were going to go like big picture questions. So what's the frustrating and stuff? But you actually went to some specifics of yeah. what sort of path do you want to see and what sort of position do you want to take? I have found if, and this is across the board, if you don't, if you don't want the standard yes or no question, you better come up with some good open-ended ones. You, and it's a way to keep the audience or your employees enticed to answer. It really makes them think. And it really just, they, they sit and you can see it as you're um, performing these interviews, you can almost see like aha moment happening in front of you where they were just like, yeah, they were like, oh, I wasn't prepared for these kind of questions, but it does give, give them some insight for themselves with their growth. And then it's also obviously providing the company insight. Do you mind if I turn to the audience for a second and just give them a little bit of a piece of advice? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I want to do it anyway. So I wanted to get your, your permission for that. <laughs> So everybody out there listening to this, one of the things that is commonly asked during the interview is where do you see yourself in three years? At that point, they don't know enough to even answer that coherently. So whatever they say, don't hold it against them. But in this case, when they've been there for a while and they've had some grounding in the company and they understand what they like and maybe what they don't like, that's a great opportunity to say, hey, where do you see yourself? That's another version of the question you ask, but they actually can answer that a little bit more clearly now because, oh, you know what? Amanda and her team were doing some really cool stuff over there. I'd love to know more at HR or our marketing team comes up with these amazing campaigns and I think I'm creative. I'd love to explore what that looks yeah. like. And so you're giving them a chance to do that in a little bit more tangible way than this question we asked them whack when they, before they start the job in the interview, we asked them this question and then many leaders never ask that again. Mm -hmm. Never give them a chance to say, oh, oh, I want to raise my hand for that other thing over there. And as you're talking about here, there are ways to do that that's not confrontational and you're not committing to them when you're asking these questions, no. you're not committing them on the spot that they're going to get this. It's just help us understand where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm still hung up on the, the, the comment on yes or no questions. I'm such a fan of that too, by the way, of asking <laughs> something. some of those things you're asking me, I'm, I'm running through my head. How would I respond to that? If I yeah. was an employee, how would I respond to those things? Because it, you're forcing them out of this. They think they're going to get something. And when you misalign that track, you're like, Whoa, wait a minute. I've got to, I've got to stop and consider this. We talked through some of the questions you ask is, so you're doing these state interviews, you're asking mm -hmm. some questions, you're getting some in insight from them. And then you're trying to put that into practice in terms of, you, you mentioned a whole host of things, right? From mm -hmm. training to mentoring to how do we get our more experienced workers, other ways to contribute back and mm -hmm. serve as a coach or serve as a guide for some of these people coming in. Do you do that 
globally or do you do that as part of an onboarding process where you're put, putting with a buddy or what are your thoughts on how are you approaching that that piece of it i guess when it comes to connecting someone with something else someone else intentionally to help serve as a supporter or helper or advocate it's more of an ongoing type of training so there's going to be individuals that we partner new employees for example with when they're coming on board right they're the veterans of the company they've been on the floor they they know what they're talking about and know what they're doing roughly about six months into it maybe sooner let's just put it for the sake of this conversation let's put a time frame on it six months into it usually the the employee knows of hey this is where i want to be or hey i may I'm not really happy here. Is there maybe another opportunity? Okay, then what opportunity are you looking for? Maybe there's another person we can partner them up, or maybe they need help with their hard skills, right? Maybe they need help with soft skills, or maybe they have the knowledge, but they're not confident to do certain things. That's when you start really trying to figure out, it's almost like a puzzle for themselves, where they're able to choose giving them different options, such as mentorship or on-demand training, uh, sufficing, let's say, the introverts, the extroverts, or those who audit or do more audio, visual, right? This will give them the opportunity for them to choose what they're more comfortable with, but also give us an opportunity to listen to where they want to be and where they want to go and be able to partner them with the right individuals, if possible, if possible. Yes. Surely someone in here shares, shares some common interest or some common experience yeah. or skill or path that we can put you up with someone else. I love that. Okay. One of the things you mentioned a couple of times is this on-demand training sort of thing. Yeah. Is that courses and content? Is that instructor-led stuff? What is what does the mix there look like? It's a mix. Um, it's instructor-led. There's also skill set. Let's, for example, on-demand type of review the video and it's interactive where it has pop-up questions and things of that nature. It's mainly more what they're more comfortable with, but it's when they can do it on their own time versus having to sign up for a class. Some people don't like the class structure. They don't want to be in a workshop, for example. They're like, I don't want to deal with these people. I have learned a different way. You have to respect the way people learn their personalities and how they want to learn overall. So that's what I mean more of on demand is they're able to choose at their own time. Okay. A little more flexibility there. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I wanted to get, I want to get some sense of that one. Give me some idea of the kinds of roles that you have like outside the, the corporate office. What kind of, what is the most common type of job at Modway? It deals with just auto transport. So it lets basically, no, you're driving on the street and you see those haulers and they have eight cars on them. Yeah. That's what we're doing. We're okay. taking that car to point A to point B and hoping crossing our fingers that it gets there safely and there's no damage. We're like, please, but that's what we're doing. At Montway, we're a full service customer service. So okay. you call, say, call a salesperson, say, Hey, I want to move my vehicle point A to point B. You get a quote. We have our customer service individuals that will contact you throughout the entire way. So there is the entry level, there's a management level, there's a supervisor, team lead. You okay. have all of those opportunities. Then you're getting more towards the management side, but not only are you dealing it with the retail side or uh, B2C side, you're also dealing with it with the B2B side, which two different clientele. You're dealing with mm -hmm. corporations on the B2B side. In the B2C side, you're dealing with individual customers that want to move their car one time. Yes. So the skill set and the opportunity within the company to move saying, listen, I don't want to stick on the retail side. I want to do more of the business side, right? I want to go to B2B. Believe it or not, if you're talking about the customer service aspect, it's actually a pretty easy transition to do that. It's a matter of your way of a strategic thinking on how to reroute things and all that. And it's actually their cross-functional opportunities there. Interesting. 
I was curious because I'm trying to, again, I'm, in my head, I'm trying to sort out what this looks like and some of the types of jobs and, okay, this, some of the customer service, some of those on-demand types of training or how to respond to customers or like how to feel empathy for people, things like that. If it's someone on the sales side, then the types of training and the types of opportunities and development are going to be focused more on that piece of it. So I'm, again, I'm, yep. I'm just curious about this, trying to build this picture in my head of what that all looks like from top to bottom. Okay. Good. So I've asked you a, like a ton of questions all around this and even like some nitty gritty things. Sure. What has been working for you when it comes to some of these development levers that you're pulling or some of this career stuff? Is there something that you're like, this is the thing we've been doing that's just, that's winning it for us, that everybody loves, or this is our kind of gold standard for if everything turned out this way, it'd be, we'd be winning as, a, as an HR team. Is there anything like that you can point to and say, this has been successful for us today? <laughs> This, what I can say is this, the secret sauce is listening to the employee and what they're saying, but and saying the employees want to invest in your company, but the employees are asking the question, what are you going to do for me? And right now in this current market, <laughs> it, it's going to, it's going to continue. That's going to be the topic of discussion. Continue. Employers need to be ready, not only to answer the question, but to be sure to stand by it. So when you're talking to these employees and when you're saying we're going to roll this out and we're going to do this, you better do it. <laughs> you yes. better do it. And I'm not saying it needs to happen overnight. I'm not saying that it needs to, maybe it'll take a year or two, whatnot. But that's where the company is responsible for communicating the next level, the next steps. Keep that communication with the employees and let them know what is coming. Also too, one of the things I've said, and I've even said it to my executives as well, everybody learns differently. So if you're going to roll out something, it better, it better be for all types of learners. Like mm -hmm. it can't be one, it can't be this, it can't be that. So my thing is, is really listen to employees, really apply, which, and if you say something, or if you say it's going to happen, make sure it does happen. And if it doesn't happen, you better have a really good reason why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then really when you're talking to the employees, say interviews, one of the things, and we'll go back to that is you, you, it does require a lot of your time. You have to sit with employees you have to listen to what they're saying. You have to gather some data, gather some, some thoughts. And really, when you go and circle back with the employee, it needs to be circled around that individual employee. So it's really listening, acknowledging, understanding. I'm going to write that one down as my lesson for the day, my master class uh, on this <laughs> great HR is listening. I right, say it again. I didn't write it down. Listening. <laughs> listening. Acknowledging and understanding. I love that. Okay. One of the things that I wanted to, ah, I lost the train of thought. Sorry. I'll fix this one. I just thought I was going to ask you a minute ago and I just lost it. It was tied back into that. One of the key stakeholders in this whole thing, right? We're talking about us as HR leaders and we're talking about our people, but there's often a, a layer in there of leadership of their management that's responsible for this. And I want to get your take on this. One of the things that we saw in our research last year is that the majority of companies say, we expect our managers to tell their people what skills are most important to be developing. But when we actually asked learners, six out of 10 of them said, I'd figure it out by myself. What does not help mm -hmm. me? So how are you incorporating managers into this to make them an active part of this? Especially you and I both know that if it's, let's take this crew development example, we're going to develop Amanda up into head of marketing, for example, well, someone who's who depends on Amanda is going to be a little bit upset by that possibly. So how do you get managers in the loop on this and hopefully supporting or advocating for these things and not just you trying to champion or push a rope or whatever, whatever we want to talk about at that. 
I, one of the things that I found really helpful, there's many layers to it and how to get your managers there. But the first, I'll talk about the first layer to get manager buy-in. What we started doing is we started doing survey. We have been doing surveys, but what we did with the survey and the information is quarterly, we would sit with the managers and say, showcase the, the information coming in, the anonymous surveys that are coming in, showcase it to them. Hey guys, here is what's coming in. Here is a common thread that's coming in here that employees are saying, right? What can we do now? What can we do in the immediate future? And what's going to take some more time? So whether they like it or not, because managers, they're busy and they may not have the time, they have to listen to me for two hours and we're going over this information and these surveys every quarter. But then you see a, like a, a, it turns and the managers start getting invested and the managers start understanding more specifically if the employees, to your point, are saying, hey, I had to learn this myself, mm -hmm. right? The managers then something starts ticking in there. So we've actually took our actual data from our employees and from our company, and then we started presenting it to the leaders. That is brilliant. And say, and tell the leaders, where, how, what kind of leader, it's almost having them, just like the employees, it's almost them building their own career path. What kind of leader do you wanna be? Do you wanna be the leader that sits behind the door, closes the door, not be involved? Or you wanna be a leader that is memorable, that employees go out and say, look, I learned so much from this person. He's a mentor and he didn't even know. Yes. Okay. Love that example, by the way. There's so much value to be had by transparency. And we often we often want to hold things close. Some things we have to hold close because of the nature of the work we do. But mm -hmm. sometimes like that, it makes so much more sense to open that up to that audience specifically and say, we want mm -hmm. you to come alongside us. We want to be partners in this. We don't want to be button heads all the time and trying to get you to do something you don't want to, or you thinking that we're the cause of some, like we want to be with you. Mm -hmm. And that gives you a common ground to say, this is an art perspective. This is what your people are saying. Mm -hmm. And if we don't do something about it, they're not going to be here anymore. So that, that's a really powerful. I always say companies just need to look inward. A lot of companies look outward at what other companies are doing. This person's doing this. Okay, great. It works for that company, but what's going on in your company? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the questions I ask. And a lot of people are just like, what is going on in my company? And I'm like, we got to start there. Yes. <laughs> you know? so, Someone's got to yeah. answer this question, people. Come on. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so we, you have a whole host of your friends and peers in HR listening in right now to some of the advice and things you'll be giving. One, one last piece of something you want to share with them, a, a nugget of wisdom. It's a, you can double down on something you've shared earlier as this is the non-negotiable or something else we haven't come across yet in the conversation. That is another, this is Amanda's secret tip for great HR. I don't care what it is, but I'd love to hear from you. One last kind of wrap up thing to, to cap this off. Sure. My secret thing is do what's best for your company. In addition to think outside the box, don't follow the leader, look what's happening now, see how you can get ahead of the curve and, and then start taking your company moving forward. Be the future for the company. Don't let the company be stagnant. Don't let the company fall behind. You need to be the future of the company. Leading, not following. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. So if someone is curious, wants to know more, wants to follow you or, or learn more about what you and the company are doing, what's the best way to do that? Sure. You can look, go to montway.com to learn more about auto hauling if you find that interesting i don't know if many people do or you can find me on linkedin um backslash a turbyville or amanda turbyville so yeah you'll find me there 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for letting me pepper you with questions and throw in extra stuff and get into the nitty gritty details. Because again, I, I love understanding some of the, the ways that these things work and some people will throw stuff out and then they don't, they can't get into the nuts and bolts of, okay, here's how the actual rubber meets the road for these employees, mm -hmm. for example, or whatever else. And so letting me get into some of those details, I think the audience is going to take some good ideas from that and help them to hopefully do this. So it's not just neat ideas, but there's good practical strategies as well. So thank you for joining me. I appreciate your insight. Sure. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. Absolutely. To everybody else out there, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great one. We'll catch you next time. We're on the human. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.